Open your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to share with you out of that text today. I don't know why I am going to Ephesians 4 today, uh, but I am, and I'm trusting God to do what He wants to do with this Word. But before I get into that, I would like to say that I've been tracking Edgewood Baptist Church ever since I was saved in 1971. I, I lived in Opelika, got saved out in Beauregard, and our pastor was friends with uh, uh, Brother David in this church about 75 or 76. Uh, Brother David, you just can't find a greater pastor. And then, and then Brother Andy slips in here. And, and I tell you what, he, he just blessed my socks off. He was a great Bible teacher, a great leader. And I just appreciated Andy Merritt so very much, a great man of God. His prayer life, his family life, on and on, we could say. So you have Brother David, then Brother Andy, and, and now you got Jonathan, okay? I, what do I need to do? I'm sorry. The kids don't want to listen to you today, so I got to... You're going to let them go. I'm sorry. That's my fault. That's all right. Your you... kids are dismissed. If you have any kids this morning, Luke, uh, Orlando, wave your hands. He's going to take your children keep them safe and you'll pick them up down below in the children's wing so sorry about that you don't want to preach though no, right? okay all right that's good all right let me get back to where I was brother Jonathan is now the pastor of this church I tell you what you've got one of the greatest Bible teachers around the guy can teach and preach the word of God and I know that, I know that uh, with the present team you have set up in the ministry staff, uh, it, it's unlimited of what God can do in Edgewood Baptist Church if you allow him to do that. And so we are the body of Christ, correct? And we do need to work together. God says our human body is wonderfully made. Have you ever really studied the body? I know uh, Dr. Carroll is here. Both Dr. Carrolls are here today. and So I'm going to try to do this correctly. I, I, I don't want to speak any untruth, but if you've ever studied the human body, you know that it's composed of the head, the torso, the arms, and the feet, and legs. And you know that your arms are created so that we can pick items up and we have opposing thumbs so that we can grasp the items that are smaller and our feet are to give us balance and when we try to balance we can but if you're missing a big toe you might topple over the body is wonderfully made there's a hundred trillion cells in your body and did you know that 50 million of those cells have died and been replaced since I started my present sentence? The body is a tremendous asset. It's got 206 bones. It's got 600 muscles. It's got 22 internal organs. It's an amazing thing. Did you know your liver has 500 functions? Did you know that your eyes can see up to a million surface colors? Your ears can distinguish between hundreds of thousands of, of sounds. We have all of this. It's an amazing thing. God even created us with a built-in air conditioner system through our nose. It warms cold air up and it cools hot air down and it filters all of the impurities if we so let it do that. 
And did you know that the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body? It's the most abused muscle in the body too. The muscle in that body is great. And then, I guess you all know that at one time we had 100,000 pieces of hair, right? We had. We don't have that anymore. But God, in His sovereignty, knows the 100 hairs that you've already lost today. Our circulatory system is amazing. Our heart can beat up to 3 billion times in a lifetime. That's a lot of beats. You can understand that that in the circulatory system that it's 60,000 miles long. You can understand that God made our system in which the blood can travel 12,000 miles in one day. One red blood cell can go through our body in 20 seconds. It's an amazing thing that God has made. He has created a nervous system within us that controls all of the other parts of our body. As we look at that, we've got to understand that our brain is more complex than any computer known to man. We must understand that the central nervous system controls everything with nerves running up to 45 miles long and then our impulses are carried forth by electrical currents in our body at a speed of 248 miles an hour. The body is fearfully and wonderfully made and we can never understand all of the parts of the body but, but Paul tries to help us understand in Ephesians 4 the parts of the body of Christ. If we think our human body is something to behold, how much greater is the body of Christ that Jesus Christ went to the cross and died for and shed his blood for and redeemed us and brought us into one man, Christ Jesus? We need to understand Not only our human body, we need to understand our spiritual body, the body of Christ. Paul uses the human body as a perfect metaphor to describe that of the church. It's a living organism, and it has many members in that church. Look at uh, chapter 4, verse 15, because the body of the church is controlled by Jesus the Christ. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ. Christ Jesus is preeminent in heaven and on earth. He deserves and demands that he be preeminent in the church of Jesus Christ. In other words, it's not our will. It's His will. It's not our way. It is His way. It is not what we think is best. It is what He knows to be best. Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the brain of the operation. He controls the system that makes all of the elements in the body work together once He is given His place of preeminence. But if Jesus Christ is not preeminent in the church, then there's nothing but total chaos. In Ephesians 4, we find at least four 
precepts that I want us to understand today. First of all, that we are all members of the corporate body of Christ. We understand that, do we not? When we were saved and baptized into Christ and His Spirit, He brought us into the body. We're all members of the corporate body of Christ. Second of all, individually, you are a member of the body of Christ. Thirdly, you serve only at the wish of the head. Did you hear that? You serve only at the wish of the head that is Christ. And therefore, every member in the church is to serve under the authority of the head. Do you know where problems develop in the church? I'll tell you where they develop. When you and I demand our own way and leave Jesus out of the equation. When you and I try to work out the problems and leave Christ out. If Christ is not the head of the body, and if we're not serving as he directs, then the church is in trouble. Now, I do not know where Edgewood stands today. I, I did not ask Brother Jonathan what I should preach. <laughs> exactly, I told him I, I was preaching on trouble. That's what I thought I was preaching on, but towards the end of the week, I, I changed up. And, and so, Brother Jonathan didn't tell me what to preach on. Brother Andy, when we talked on the phone, didn't tell me what to preach on. He didn't tell me any problems in the church, and I know of no issues in the church. I don't know why I'm preaching this message other than it's what I feel led to do right now. And so, it's sort of like my brother-in-law, Dennis. All he talked about in his practice was, I'm practicing preventive dentistry. In other words, he wanted to make sure we had our teeth brushed every day, flossed every day, everything proper and taken care of. So, if this church does not need this message today, it will soon. And so, listen up. It's good to know what to do when you're going through a storm, right? And so this is preventive today, maybe for you. And so out of those four precepts that I've shared with you to begin with, what Paul is trying to do through those precepts is, is to draw a picture of unity that should exist inside of the body when Christ Jesus is given his rightful place of headship. Unity is not the absence of conflict, not in the least. Unity is togetherness. Therefore, when Jesus Christ is followed as the head of the church, the body is one. Look at verses 4 through 7. We are unified. Verses 4 through 6, I mean, as it was read to us a while ago, the word one, O-N-E, is used seven times. Do you think God's trying to say something to us? The body is one. Every part of the body is a, is a part of the whole in the body. We are one. Look at verse 13. Love this. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect or mature man into the measure of the statute of the fullness of Christ. He says we come into the unity and we become a full-grown man. We are mature in Christ, and that's what it's all about, coming together. Look at verse 16, another wonderful verse. From whom the whole body, 
fittingly joined together and compacted together that by every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. The body is compacted together. God's got this body of believers here called Edgewood Baptist Church compacted together. Our body needs to be one and our body needs to be exercising all that God would have us to do individually so that we can do it collectively because there's power in unity. There's power in togetherness. In Acts chapter 1, the disciples came together and they waited for the promise of the Father. In Acts chapter 2, they came together again and they waited and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 3, they were going together to the temple being the ninth hour of prayer to pray. And they get, did that together. In Acts chapter 4 verse 31, the disciples came together and they prayed together and the place was shaken and all of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God together with boldness. In Acts chapter 5, the church suffered together and the church defended the faith together. In Acts chapter 6, they made decisions together. Do you see the importance of being together under one head? Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Jesus, the head of the church, even went as far as to say this in Matthew 18, 20. When he said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Have you perceived his presence today? If we've got more than three people gathered together in his name to worship him, he is here. We need to perceive that. We need to understand that. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul pleads for togetherness because he says, Let there be no divisions among you. I don't know if you've got divisions or not. I don't know what's going on in the life of this church, but I do know this, that Christ Jesus as Lord is not divided. He is one. And if he is one, we are in him, and we too should be one. Let there be no division in the body of Christ. There's something very special about being together. The great theologian Charlie Brown had in his section one day a, a great, a great, a great picture. He, Charlie was sitting on the sofa on a Saturday afternoon watching Auburn beat Alabama, you know, in football. It was a, it was a great day, and, and here they are playing ball, and here comes Lucy, and Lucy says, Charlie, what you doing? He says, I'm watching Auburn beat Alabama. She said, turn the station. Charlie said, won't do it, man. Auburn's beating Alabama. I'm going to watch this to the end. Charlie changed the station. Won't do it, Lucy. Lucy held up five fingers. And she said, Charlie, like this, I ain't much. 
but like this, they form an awesome power, change the channel. Charlie did what any good man would do. He went over and changed the channel. When he was walking back over to the sofa, he looked down at his five fingers and says, why can't you guys get together like that? I wonder why we can't get together when God says get together. Because unity is going to give synergy. When Holy Spirit gets involved in the work of the ministry, the, the fruit is unstoppable. He will give and give and give some more. Some churches have unity. That unity they have is because everybody's under the same roof. If we're under the same roof today, we have unity. But that's not what the Bible's talking about. You can take two cats, tie their tails together, throw them over a clothesline. You've still got unity, but you don't have much unison, do you? We don't need to divide up and to debate the facts or the lies to see which side we're on. We really don't need to vote as much as the common church votes. If we're all in tune with the Father in Jesus Christ and He is the head, we will be together. No doubt. No doubt at all. That's what verse 4 teaches, is it not? Verse 4 says to that there's one body and one spirit, even as we're called into one hope of your calling. We are there in that one body. Therefore, verse 3 of the same scripture says, endeavor to keep the unity in the bond of peace. We must endeavor to do that. But yet what happens in most churches that I work with is that somehow, some way, pride and prejudice slips into the body. Pride is the heart saying to the lung, without me you die. Prejudice is the lung saying to the heart, without me you die too. Pride and prejudice will lead to death in the church. Therefore, according to the Scriptures, we're to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. We are to humble ourselves and allow Him to work in us to do what needs to be done. The truth of the matter is that the heart and the lung, they both need each other to let the body live. We need to realize that you need one another in Edgewood Baptist church. The only way to overcome pride and prejudice is to take the Word of God and turn to, turn to uh, Ephesians chapter 4 and you see the way to do that in verses 1 and 2. Therefore, the, as a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation or the calling or the giftedness. You're working that out in the church, each and every one of you. Work worthy with all with ye are called. How do you walk? With lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering and forbearance. That's how we're to walk in love. 
Did you get that? We're to walk lowly. We're to walk in humility. We're to walk, as the scripture says, in meekness or God trained. We're to walk with a lot of patience and forbearing one another. But we're to do it in love. Love is putting others ahead of yourself. Love is doing for others when they cannot do for themselves at your expense with no expectation of getting anything back. Love is self-giving. We need to love. But I like what Philippians 2-3 says here. We can, we can apply that when it says, esteem one another better than yourselves. Count others better than yourselves. Andrew referred to it when he was talking a few moments ago in the introduction. We need to esteem one another better than ourselves. There was a big old fishing vessel. And the captain and the chief engineer were having a debate which one was most needed on the ship. And the engineer said, well, captain, without me, you can't go anywhere. And the captain said to the engineer, without me, you can't get into the harbor. So they decided to switch roles. The captain went down into the boiler room. The, the engineer got behind the stern. He, he was going to drive this ship. About 30 minutes later, the captain came up out of the boiler room covered in grease from head to toe. And he was holding up a big old wrench and said, I can't make her go. And the captain said, of course you can't. I mean, the uh, mechanic said, no, you can't make her go. I ran her aground 30 minutes ago. <laughs> we, we need to be in the place that God has called us to serve. We need to be in that place particular place how can we get there we get there by <laughs> humbling ourselves before God and saying God what do you want out of my life what do you want I have plans on being a veterinarian but I got saved May the 12th May, May the 9th May the 12th God called me to preach changed all of those plans I don't know what life would have been like on the other spectrum but I know this, I wouldn't have been able to serve my Lord in the freedom that I've been able to do, simply going from place to place as he calls. Work diligently, verse 3 says. Work with endeavoring. Endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. How? We are one body. The body includes every one of us. There's no one here today who is a born-again believer of Christ that does not have a position to serve. Every one of us, according to verse 7, Edward Everett Hale said, I am only one, but I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can I read those words by a secular writer, and I said, how true that is in the church today. Those words describe that of the believer that walks forward and commits his life to Christ and, and dedicates all that he has to Jesus and says, I will follow you wherever you go. I will do what you ask me to do. 
hell knew as, as Paul knew, that he was only one in a body of many, that, that he, he could not do everything, but he knew there was something special for him to do, and he was committed to doing it in the unity of the many. We must be committed to doing what we do along with our brother. Whether members be learned or unlearned, whether they be white, black, brown, or yellow, whether members be rich or poor, it does not matter whether they be male or female. It does not matter. Christ has included us into his body, and there is something that we can do. There's a function for each and every person in this church, and you better get busy finding out what he wants you to do and start doing it so that he can be honored and glorified. We each have our function. Look at verse 16. According to the effectual working in the measure of every part. He is working in our lives in every part of the church. And then in verse 11 and following, he talks about the, the gifts that he has given to the church. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the, protect, for, for, the, for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Christ has called us into our service with him. Each person has a responsibility. God has given some of you five talents. God has given others three talents. God is giving others one talent. But that's okay. Because that talent or talents that God has given you makes it applicable for you to be able to serve Him in the greatest ministry on the face of the earth, fulfilling the greatest task. You say, how can a person with one talent be in the greatest ministry on earth? Very simple. If I were to ask you what is the greatest ministry known to man today, Many of you would probably say preaching. And the gospel demands to be preached, and, and the word exemplified by the body and taught by the pastor, yes. But the greatest position in God's kingdom, I used to think, was the pastor. And then God called me to be an associational missionary, and it was that. But in reality, whatever God calls you to do, and you're doing it through faithfulness to Him and obedience in Him, that is the greatest ministry on earth. Nothing can surpass that. For you see, first of all, in the body, there's not a question of relative importance. Hear that well. All service ranks the same with God. Let's take preaching and preschool. I love kids, but I don't do preschool no I don't do preschool I do preaching but what's more important in the body well we would say preaching the word of God is but how does God view those two people he views them through their lens of obedience 
If that preschool worker is working in direct obedience to Jesus Christ, and if I'm in here preaching the word in direct obedience to Jesus Christ, both of us are going to be honored with the blessings that God has for his people who walk in obedience. Second of all, any part of the body, any part of the body that is healthy and efficient, will function better than any part of the body that is broken. That, that's not hard to understand. I used to be an avid bike rider. I started having some accidents. After my second severe accident, my wife retired my bicycle. I didn't like that, but she retired it. But you know what? When my shoulders were broken, my arms did not want to work. It was very uncomfortable. It was very painful because the body was not able to work together and they were not doing what God had called them to do. Therefore, I had to spend time in rehab. I had to spend time healing. And even so, the body of Christ needs to take time to be before the Father and and be healed and be restored and be nurtured and to be strengthened so that they can do what God has called them to do. Finally, if you're a member of the body of Christ, there is something that you can do for Him. Listen and listen closely. If you are a member of the family of Edgewood Baptist Church and you are inactive, if you're not functioning under the Lordship of Christ in a ministry or a part of this body, then you are betraying the character of the Lord Jesus. We betray the character of the Lord Jesus when we do not serve Him and the body. We each have a task. We each have a work. We each have a calling. We each have a ministry God has gifted us, therefore we must do our part. Professor Little was a little professor in a little town and a little college with a little student body, with a little house on a little lot with Mrs. Little and six little littles. One day at one of his little classes, one of the little students asked Professor Little, Professor Little, how do you and Mrs. Little with six little littles get by on so little? And Professor Little said, well, that's a simple answer. Every little helps a little. I don't care how insignificant you may feel in this body of Christ. The gift that God has given you is significant. Therefore, use it for his glory, for his honor. And what does that do when we do that? Well, verse 16 is, is one I really love. It says that we are fitly joined together. It's like a puzzle. If one piece of that puzzle is missing, then the whole puzzle is incomplete, right? Therefore, all of us must be working together. That means that I am an independent piece of the puzzle. But it also means that I am an interdependent piece of the puzzle because I must fulfill my space if the puzzle is going to be complete.
complete. We need each other to make a whole. And since we are interdependent, we must have mutual care for one another. If one person is hurt in the body, we all hurt. If one person in the body cries, we all cry. If one person in the body is honored, we're all honored. We're in this together. We are the body, the body of Christ in a dark, sinful world. And he's trying to use us to bring our world into the light. But everybody is needed to do that. Let me tell you a quick story, a true story. Uh, Texas, Dallas, back in the 70s, a family was on their way to church on Easter Sunday morning, going down the interstate, and a drunk from Saturday night was entering the interstate on the exit ramp. The little boy, Jamie, was in the back seat, had his window rolled down. He was playing airplane, you know, the aerodynamics. And his daddy and mother were talking, and, you know, they weren't really looking at the exit ramp, and they didn't see a car coming towards them, and, and that car slammed them. The first responders got there. They pulled the mom and dad out. They sent the dad to the hospital via ambulance, and the mother was still at the scene. And when she came to, she asked about Jamie, her son. They said, ma'am, your husband, uh, we've already taken him to the hospital. No, my son. And they found Jamie in the back floorboard, and the seat had been crumpled over him. And when they pulled him out, they determined that his arm had been severed. The glass had just cut it straight off. They took him to the hospital and took his arm to the hospital, tried to attach it, but but they didn't have all of the modern techniques we have today, and they just failed to get it attached. But any six-year-old is resilient, and so in just a few weeks, month, two months, something like that, he was ready to get out into the world. And so Mama called Miss Edna on a Saturday night. said, Miss Edna, I'm, I'm going to come to church tomorrow, and we're going to bring Jamie. May I ask Tomorrow that you do nothing that requires two hands as far as crafts or games or anything. And she said, darling, you got it. You know, you know I won't use two hands. It'd be all a one-hand deal tomorrow. We're going to love to see Jamie come back. And Jamie walked through the door. All of the boys wanted to check out the missing hand. And all of the girls kind of shrieked back. And, you know, after five minutes, though, it was good. And, and Miss Edna was doing her teaching. The crafts went well. Everything was great. And she came to the end of the Sunday school hour, and she did what she had done for 40 years. Okay, children, you ready to go to big church? Yeah, yeah, well, let's make our church. Here's the church, here's the steeple. Opened the door, and she looked back there and saw Jamie with that one hand trying to make his church. Miss Edna cried out, Oh, God, if you be God above, do something for Jamie right now. She looked up. Elizabeth had slid her chair next to Jamie's. And together, they built the church. You know what we have better than that? What we have better than that 
is that Jesus says, I will build my church. But I need you to be in your place. And so together with Jesus, we can build our church. We can do what God has called us to do, to do all that he asks us to do. Because he gives us the grace to do what we cannot do. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would bless the people as they've heard. I thank you for their attentiveness. But Lord, I pray more than that your spirit has spoken. Lord, when we sing, may we sing unto you a word of praise and thanksgiving for all you've done for us. And Lord, if your spirit convicts anybody of any sin, if there's a division between two or three or maybe uh, two, two groups in this church, God, only your spirit can, can rest upon them to convict and to bring repentance. I pray that they would come forward. Uh, brother, brother Andy, uh, brother Andy will be here, Father, and I'll be down front. Uh, Lord, if anybody has a need, uh, may they come today and to respond to be part of the church. Father, I also pray that if anyone's here today and they know they're not a part of the church, I pray that your spirit would convict them of their sin and their need for righteousness. I pray that your spirit would convict them that Jesus' blood has covered every one of their sins, and so all they need to do is to turn from the sin and place their faith that Jesus died for them on the cross. Father, bring a sinner to salvation today or bring a saint to a place of service today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. give God praise for what he's done today. We're so grateful for Brother Jimmy and allowing God to use him today to speak to us about how we 
are the church, and we come together uh, for his cause. And so my prayer is that uh, you got a, that same blessing today and that, that God prompted you to move in a way that you could, could continue to serve or either to uh, step up to the plate and to serve. And um, uh, it's just so beautiful to see the body of Christ working together for his, his great cause. And so um, I failed to mention that if you are a visitor today, you'll see a visitor card right there in, in the front of your pew. Uh, don't hesitate to fill that out and slip it in one of our, our, um, our boxes when you, when you walk out the door. We'd love to connect with you, love to get to know you better, and see how we can further serve you. So grateful for the, for the day that God has given us. Let me close out in a word of prayer to give God the glory, and you're dismissed. God, thank you for this uh, beautiful service, Lord, that, that you allowed to happen today, God. We know that it's only because of your grace that we're even here, Lord, and we can even proclaim that Jesus Christ died for us and that we have righteousness and we have that only through Jesus Christ. My prayer is that we could honor you, not just here at the church, God, but when we go out this week, uh, when we go to our workplace, when we go to our homes, Lord, that we would give you all glory, all praise, and that people would see a difference in us, that they would see a light in us, God, in a dark world. Lord, thank you. We thank you for uh, Jimmy and uh, allowing him to come and preach. Lord, I pray, pray over him and his wife, Lord, that you continue to bless and keep them, Lord. Be with the Columbus Baptist Association and Miss Lisa, as I know she's um, uh, trying to come through with the cancer, Lord. And God, we're just so grateful for them and what they do for all the churches uh, in the Columbus area. Uh, we just pray for each member that's here, Lord, and even those that aren't members, Lord, that you would continue to bless them and keep them uh, and, and, and bring them back safe next week, Lord, to worship you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.